0: Welcome to Modern Motherhood, where you're required to be everything, to everyone, all the time. We wouldn't have it any other way, but let's be honest, it's hard work. So let's talk about it, all of it, in the raw, with no filter. Come and be a fly on the wall as you listen in on a chat between friends, as each week welcomes a new guest and a new topic to delve deeper around the ins and outs of not only motherhood, but life in general. The ups, the downs, the struggles, the highlights, the reality. Because the reality is, you're not alone. We're all in this together. You're listening to Mummy Republic. Welcome to The Whirlwind. Hello, lovely, and welcome back to another episode of the Mummy Republic podcast. I'm your host, Danny, and I cannot wait to get stuck into today's episode. But before I do, I want to give a quick shout out to username Melton2020, who left me a beautiful five-star review and rating over on the iTunes podcast app. They said, love, love, love beautifully put together podcast with some incredible guests and topics. I'm not a mum, but love listening to people's real life truths. Thank you. No, thank you so much for leaving me a beautiful review. It means so much to me to get such amazing feedback. And it's a real testament to our guests as well, uh, for being so open and raw about their stories and having these types of conversations so thank you so much for taking the time to do that if you would like to do the same you can jump on over to the itunes podcast app and leave me a rating and a review so you can let other listeners know what they're in for and you know the drill if you haven't done so already make sure that you click on that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing this will actually be key in the coming weeks because this episode is the very last one potentially for season two i will be popping back on to have a conversation about my own birth story and what we've experienced with our high-risk pregnancy but i can't guarantee that there won't be a gap in between that one coming out so you are going to want to hit subscribe so that you know when it does now as for today's discussion This topic is probably something that we often don't touch on because we're scared of the ramifications and we're going to talk about culture. Now there's not any real sensitive content within the episode, however if it is a sensitive topic to you, you may wish to sit this one out. Instead we're lifting the lid on what it's really like to be in a biracial relationship and how culture can define and impact raising children and everyday life such as marriage and relationships. So let's go into this one with an open mind and perhaps we all just might learn something. <music> Today's mama is as beautiful as they come. Approaching her motherhood journey just as she does her life with lots of love and laughter. Welcome to the beautiful Julia Mwande. How
1: are you? I'm so
0: good. What a
1: what a nice intro. I know.
0: I mean, I could have said so much more, but you I'm know.
1: Totally blushing. That's so Stop nice.
0: Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Sorry, we're, we're we're literally 18 seconds in, and I've made you blush. Yep. I love that love that it's a record now you're actually quite comfortable in front of a microphone because you've recently started on air with 96.5 yes locally key, low-key plug there for you <laughs> so uh, I'm expecting big things from you in this microphone just quietly no pressure mm, no, no pressure at all now What we are going to talk about today is probably something that I don't imagine you could really talk about on radio (laughs) because I think this particular topic people get a little bit antsy about or they get a bit sensitive about and we are going to talk about culture. Now you are a cultural person in yourself. We were just joking off air before that you, you're uh, got a little bit of everything in you. But what's your background? Um, so I'm Italian. I uh
1: was born in Italy and I came out to Australia with my mum uh when I was nine. Mm-hmm. About to turn ten. I couldn't speak English like fresh off the boat. Or well, fresh off the British Airways <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Sounds a bit more dramatic when yeah. you say both, though. Yeah, no, definitely. No, I uh, I was uh, pretty lucky. My mum, she was actually, she's Italian herself, but she was born here. Um, she went back to Italy, met my dad, had me uh, divorced and came back with a nine-year-old souvenir. <laughs> <That's what I, laughs>
0: she didn't pick that one up at the airport, did yeah, she? <laughs> no, no, no.
1: Uh, so, yeah, so that was really interesting. So I had to, you know, do school here and um pretty much started a new life as a you know nine almost ten year old which is crazy but yeah
0: huge yeah what prompted the move for her apart from the divorce or was that just the divorce well
1: that yeah that's exactly it my mum even though she was born here like again like both of her parents were very much that uh immigrant Italian mentality you know they spoke Italian at home and so she went back when I think she actually went back on a backpacking trip
0: (laughs) (laughs) ironic yeah
1: when she was 18 she wanted to kind of explore that you know that identity that part of her identity and then when she met my dad um, yeah she stayed and but she always wanted to come back to Australia she always Mm. had the intention to and then my dad didn't um, so yeah, so that was a I think that was the one of the main reasons for the divorce, but I'm even before my dad' is now passed, but before he passed away, he said like that was the best thing that my mum did for me and my future in my life um, was to bring me over here because mm. yeah, I just wouldn't have had the same opportunities over there than I do that I do here.
0: Yeah, and yeah. isn't that an incredible choice as a mum to completely. Oh uphaul your life and move to a new country where, for you, you had to learn a whole new language. Like, that's yep. insane. New language, new culture.
1: Like, it was insane. I think about it now and, like, Frankie, like, my daughter's seven, but I can't imagine taking her out of everything she knows, mm. you know, and just learning a brand-new language. And English is a really hard language to learn. Definitely. Like, um, but... Yeah, it didn't take me that long because I was so immersed into it. You know, I had no choice, really. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I it's it's a pretty amazing sacrifice, and I'm forever in her debt for it, for sure. Oh, good on your Mum.
0: <laughs> good on your. Mum. Good on you. Uh, now, how did you find the adjustment from a, the perspective of children? You know, how were you embraced? Because kids can be horrendous. Kids, kids are assholes. <laughs> I was literally uh, about to say kids are yeah. assholes but I thought oh, I'll ease into that one. Um, I'm glad that you took, <laughs> took the reins but yeah they, they are particularly at that age Oof. you know it's that transition period where they're starting to do the pre-teen stuff. Oh it was
1: brutal I'm not mm. gonna lie and I like I remember going to ESL classes with my you know my Vietnamese friends because that was just me <laughs> and a couple of my Vietnamese friends at school that uh, did ESL and there was just no one else that was in the same position of having to learn a new language and at the same time having to cope with kids being assholes yep. yep and they'll pick on i mean they'll pick on people regardless it doesn't you know you don't necessarily have to be different but gosh like they put such a massive target on your back yep uh, when you are different but my coping mechanism and it's funny because it still is my coping mechanism whenever things kind of hit the fan is our humor so I was always like I'm gonna laugh at myself or make do something outrageously funny to try and make them laugh to kind of distract them from actually you know hitting where it hurts if that yeah. makes sense so you know every time they'd make fun of my accent or whatever I'd totally ham it up and you know make make everything a big joke and then once I got them to laugh, I was like, okay, I'm safe now. Like, that was my weapon, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think a lot of people have that as a weapon, though, you mm. know, irrespective of culture, because it's, it is, it's a great distraction. Yeah. And it takes the, the heaviness out of a situation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, it, it, when, you
1: know, when you're getting bullied and you make the bully laugh or you make someone else in the circle that's against you laugh, it's really like, it totally disables them because Mm. they don't have that they can see that oh i'm not affecting them the way that i thought i was going to yeah
0: that makes sense yeah so you get a little bit of power back
1: yeah you get you get your power back yeah Yeah. so but yeah no it was brutal
0: (laughs) (laughs) Assholes. It, Kids are assholes it didn't
1: help that I had like an overbite and coke bottle glasses like I had some frizzy ass hair like it was just like no frizzy hair not ass hair although maybe maybe I did have that as well it was quite hairy no, it's
0: an Italian culture
1: yeah. oh it was just like I everything I just remember everything that you could possibly not
0: want as a child, I had like. I think that was most of us growing up in the '90s. So let's be real; oh. the trends didn't help us. They no. really didn't. They really didn't. Yes, yeah, screw you, low-rise jeans. <laughs> Honestly, what the hell?
1: And oh. butterfly
0: clips. I yep. mean, that was yeah, that was my jam for quite some time. Butterfly clips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the memories. <laughs> now, fast forward to you're a little bit older. Yep. And you meet. Your amazing husband, or oh, now husband, Pedsey. How yep. did you guys meet? We met at church. Oh, bless. Um,
1: yeah, so we met. Um, we met at church when I was—I would have been about eighteen—and he mm-hmm. was the same. He was eighteen as well. He'd just come over from Zimbabwe to do uni um, at Griffith, and he was—I um, think his sister was going to church, the same church. Uh, she was already here. And I, my parents were really trying, my mum had remarried by that stage and my mum and my stepdad were really trying to get me to like see the light. And I was going through a bit of a rebellious stage. So my mum was like, you know, you need to buy a Bible, you know, all that stuff. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, fine. And I went to the church bookshop to buy a Bible, but I ended up looking at the scented candles because, you know, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Natural, natural. And um, Pedzi was there and he was like, I think he was even playing his guitar like it was the most random <laughs> meeting like first meeting
0: like in the shop
1: or in the shop the, yeah yeah okay. he's just chilling out with his guitar as you too, yeah and um I introduced myself I think he introduced himself first and then I introduced myself and I was like you know just the typical you know I think he was actually the first one to say I've just come from like I'm from Zimbabwe like because that's that's such a big draw card, like when you're trying to meet chicks, you know, yeah. like I'm from a yeah. different country. Like I'm
0: mysterious. Yeah, I'm mysterious. Yeah. I've I'm got like, my guitar. I'm well
1: travelled. Yeah. <laughs> I've got my guitar in, in a Bible book. Yeah. you
0: know?
1: Doesn't get any more mysterious <laughs> than that.
0: What a cool writer. Oh.
1: Um, and instantly I was just drawn to the fact that he also was from a different country. And I knew mm. and I said, Listen, like I was the I was so keen to give him my number because i knew what it was like coming to a different country and not knowing anyone and not feeling like, you know, you fit in and australians are very friendly but they're also very very relaxed and once you hit that age they already have their you know their people, their group mm, and so it's mm-hmm. really hard to make new friendships. Um so yeah, I was like if you need anything, I'm just down the road, you know. And I think he saw that as, oh, my God, like, I've been in this country a week and this chick is giving – like, chicks are giving me their number. <laughs> I am such a baller. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he didn't have a, um, a phone. And I think, like, it was, like, the Nokia 3210 days. Like, oh, yeah. I think I'd only had a mobile phone for, like, not even a few months because I got one when I was 18. Like, <laughs> oh, God bless those days. Um. And so he called me from a payphone like t- 20 minutes after I gave him my number. I was like, see later. It. And then I get a phone call from like a not like no caller ID. <laughs> and he's like, hey, it's Peds. And then he was like, oh, yeah, it was nice to meet you. And uh, and then it cut out.
0: <laughs> he didn't have enough 20 coins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. bless him. Yeah.
1: So it was just it was very, very cute. And then he just... Um, yeah, he just went hard for like two and a half years of pursuing, but we were just friends. So I didn't want anything more. Um, and then I realised after just literally basing the whole friendship on – well, we, we, our whole relationship was based on a really good friendship. Mm. I was like, oh, I, th- I think I saw him hanging around. I saw him hanging around with another girl and I got really, really jealous and I thought, oh. That's not normal. Yep. Like you don't get jealous of your like quote friends. best friends. Yeah. Yep. So he he's um he's the walking poster child for making it out of the friend zone. I always say. So, <laughs>
0: yeah. I bet he would really lean into that title yep. too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Just wear him down. That's the. <laughs> <laughs> that's the key. Well, we were talking before about persistence. So yep. I think that's really anything in life, isn't it? You that's just got to keep nagging until you get there that's right yeah go get
1: it. your girl go get your man
0: yeah <laughs> love that for him so how did you find that your family embraced him because obviously Italians have a really strong culture yeah. they, in terms of your traditions and what you do and coming from Zimbabwe I imagine that would be kind of polar opposite um well it's funny because
1: my family was always very much like my mum was like never marry an Italian and I was like noted all good (laughs) thank you (laughs) thank you uh no i i they were actually my i'm very very lucky my family is very very accepting and loving and they Mm. just love anyone that loves them they're kind of like a puppy if that makes sense yeah 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 um but i think when it when our relationship started getting really serious uh my family was like you know you all we want you to do is just to be aware of cultural differences and it doesn't mean it doesn't matter like where the other person is from um you know we're italian we have really strong family values we're all about family you know we're very loud the way that we resolve conflict is very explosive you know (laughs) you know and just be aware that you know not everyone is like us because the thing is when you come from a minority community it's really easy to just you know, your friends are Italian, your people are Italian, your family, you just hang around the same people yeah. and it's really, um, yeah, it's really easy to assume that everyone is the same. Mm. Um, but funnily enough, our similarities in our culture was actually what brought us together. So he also Mm -hmm. came from, you know, a very, it's a very collective culture. You know, you think about Mm. everyone else and, you know, you, um, you operate as a family and you do anything, you drop everything for your family. And that was the same as us. So I think, um, yeah. And like his, you know, his sister and I were very, very close. So, and we still are very close. We're like best friends as well, but very similar personalities, like loud, loving, you know, it's from zero to a hundred, you know, we love, we love hard. And, and um, we fight even harder, not with each other, but like, you know, if someone was to ever come between, you know, our family, it's, mm. you know, you better watch out and you better sleep with one eye open, you know. <laughs> but So it was the same, yeah. very similar. Yeah. Um, my family was really great. My nonna loves him. Like, he's, she's actually obsessed with Pedsy. So How cute.
0: could you not be, though? He's oh, adorable. I know.
1: I think um, – actually, it's funny when I think about it because my family – has always been like, if you show respect and if you, if you yeah, if your values align, it really genuinely doesn't matter where you're from. Um, mm. They just take you in as one of their own. Like I remember my, my cousin, like one of my cousins dated, um, I think it was like, uh, it was a Muslim guy. And I remember my, and he would obviously only eat halal meat. And we had a really big, you know, um, family gathering And my auntie was like, "I'm just gonna go out and," she went out to like a halal butcher out in the suburbs, like got meat for him, like cooked it all Mm. separately. So you know, and it and then you know he everyone sat and ate you know together, and I was like, "Wow, that pretty much sums up our family. Like they'll go above and beyond to make sure that everyone is included." You Mm. know, Um, but yeah, I think yeah our similarities was what like our differences were our similarities if that makes sense as far as values go yeah
0: Yeah. i think that's probably a good point in terms of assumptions too because when it comes to culture we assume that everybody is so different Mm. the underlying values quite often are the same exactly it just might look a little bit differently yeah did you find that there was any difference when it came to your beliefs around marriage for example when you started heading down that path
1: uh no actually we had So we actually went to pre-marriage counselling, which was, yeah. So that was incredible. We did like a full-on test, like a personality test, and they went into our family history on, you know, like, because obviously we both came from single-parent families. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, so it was really fascinating and really, really interesting. Um, But the main difference, and I don't think it actually, well, it may have something to do with culture, I don't know, but our main differences were in the way that we result in conflict so we have two very different fighting styles so like and again massive generalization but with italians you know we yell we scream we you know all we wear our heart on our sleeves and all of the emotions come out but then two seconds later we we're sitting down having a coffee crying and hugging it out you know what i mean like it's all very it's all very external Whereas with Pedzi, especially in early days, he could not handle someone just, you know, completely blowing off all, you know, and saying everything under the sun. And, you know, having all of these emotions, he needed time to process and internalize and then come to a resolution after he... You know, had that time out,
0: if that made sense. Which is so polar opposite because you want to nut it out then and there. And he wants to let it sort of ruminate and figure out where he's at.
1: So we, like, the silent treatment is completely, like, foreign to us. Yeah. Whereas that's how he grew up. Yeah. So anytime there was any conflict, you know, it was retreat. Think about it. Process. And then like a week later, maybe talk about it or not talk about it and just act like nothing's happened.
0: Oh God,
1: that yeah. irks me just listening I to know. that. I know, it was really, but I think there's something to be learned with both. Absolutely. Neither is healthy, they're yep. both at the extreme yep. end. But now, we are actually talking about it the other day, we've been married 10 years now. And now um, he's so much better, like he, he'll resolve things, you know, within the day. Whereas like he'd go with for about like a week without talking to me while we, when we were going out, if we had a fight and I just automatically assumed, is that him breaking up with me? Yeah. Like, so- yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. So now if, if anything, it's kind of turned. So he'll, he'll voice his opinion. He'll, you know, externalize a lot more and he'll, res- you know, we try not to go to bed angry. Um, but now i'm the one that kind of was like i want to think about it i want to just take a step back because i don't want to say anything that might hurt your feelings and i don't Mm -hmm. want to say anything that i don't mean yeah so we've kind of come to this weird like medium but it's taken so much time it's taken 10 years like but yeah they were both very at yeah at the most extreme ends of the spectrum but i i don't know maybe that had A lot to do with our cultural upbringing, but I know with me it definitely did, being Mm. Italian. But yeah, so that was um, that was the main hurdle. Different, I think.
0: Yeah, I think being conscious of something like that though is half the battle. Yeah, because if you can identify it and be like, okay, well, this is not a personal attack on you, Mm -hmm. or this is not to do with our situations. It's just us as individuals and then how we come together. Yeah. So you got married, Mm -hmm. and you now have two. Beautiful children. Yeah. Did you have a discussion around culture and how you were going to raise them before you had the kids? No,
1: we didn't. We kind mm. of learnt on the fly. And I think because Pedzi's family, uh, like he's got a brother in Zurich, he's got his mum's back in Zim, and uh, his sister lives in Melbourne. Um, we kind of just, I think it was just assumed that because my family's here, that they were just constantly going to be around. You know Italians, and so it's funny. We see them now; they're both they're both very loud, very expressive, very passionate. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what have we done? <laughs> <laughs> I think they came out like that. I don't know if that had anything to do with our family. I, like, I think it's got to do with the two of you. But <laughs> yeah. you know, you can blame your family. Yeah, In the exactly.
0: dark times blame them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but it's but they're Aussie, you know, like mm. they're they're Aussie kids, mm. and they'll never know it, what the like they'll never know what it's like you know, to come to this country and not feel like you you belong in any yeah. sense of the word because that's just what they I mean, I I would my hope is that they never feel like like that. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, it's uh we did definitely we just learnt on the fly. And I think with Pence he's always been very much like an embrace embrace the moment, embrace the situation kind of thing. Yeah. Um so he was very much aware that these kids are going to grow up having Australian accents and, you know, they're going to eat Vegemite even though we didn't, you know.
0: <laughs> all of those yeah. things. all of those things. Yeah. Have you found through this process that there is anything that stands out when it comes to raising the kids? Of
1: course. I mean, they look. we live in a very white area. Mm. Um, and I think my biggest thing as a mum has been you need to be on the forefront of Um, ignorance so you know it's the typical uh white middle aged ladies at the at the grocery store you know reaching for my child's hair because it looks different and oh and it they may mean well and it's beautiful and whatever but don't touch my kid's hair yeah yeah. it's not yours it's not appropriate it's not appropriate and you know it's that yeah it's the subtle Racism, that's what it is, you mm. know. Um, and so it's, I've always probably been a little bit hyper vigilant with things like that, where mm-hmm. I've been ha- having to be aware. And I think also because Australians are so heavily influenced by American culture, um, you know, you don't want to bring that crap over here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think that's been the biggest, the biggest thing is. You know, and they're they five and six now. And just the other day, Molly realized I was white.
0: Like. <laughs> I have beautiful. Boy, I know, she, he was like, wait, dad's
1: a... brown. I'm brown. Frankie's brown. And he's like, you're white. <laughs> he's like, you're almost kind of brown, mom. Like, cause. I mean, uh, you've got a tan. I've got a tan. So <laughs> but, and I was like, yeah, you know, Mummy's white. And he was like, why? Like. It's so funny being the odd man out in yeah, the family, in your own
0: family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, don't worry well, about the fact that I birthed the two of you. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, cool. All right, I'll just be the, I'll just be the white one. Awesome.
1: <laughs> I was like, well, you know, mummy's from Europe, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, and he's like, oh, okay, um, and it just that was it. Like that was literally the extent yeah. of the conversation. But I've always been, yeah, I think I've always been very, um, you know, probably too not aggressive but I've always been like I've always been on the lookout of you know making sure Frankie has dolls that look like her and Mm. pointing out on the TV or on ads if there's anyone that has you know um, curly hair like you you're like oh isn't it beautiful like constant positive reinforcement Mm. because all it takes is just one ignorant comment to just break you know or just have that lasting effect on someone that you know that in our area where we are that looks different mm. and so i've always been very much like your you know positive affirmations every day you know and anytime she's like oh mum, i wish i had straight hair like i just nipped that shit in the butt. I'm like no way <laughs> like are you kidding me like you're like gorgeous and you're powerful and you're magical and you're you know all of those things and so then you know you see the you know you see that little twinkle in her eye, and she's like, "Yeah, you
0: know, <laughs> hell yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, So yeah, that's been the biggest. Um, I think that's not a challenge. I think that's just been something that I've been mm. aware of. Is mm. not, I think, and it comes from knowing what it feels like to feel like here in Australia. I feel very Italian. Yeah. I feel very, you know, uh, very close to my cultural identity as an italian and as an immigrant and then when i went back to italy like when i was 19 i was like oh my god like i am so i feel so australian like you know yeah and then you just feel like you don't belong you never really fully belong in either culture if that makes sense yeah and i think with her being you know her dad's from zimbabwe her mom's italian i want her I, i think i'm just aware that not that that might be an issue but you know that I don't want to feel like that so you kind of have to be like you have the best of both worlds yes. you're not half of anything you're Italian and you're Zimbabwean and you're Australian like mm. you how lucky are you to have all of these you know different cultures that you can identify and draw from and you know I think that's being the biggest yeah, I think that's been the biggest thing. Definitely.
0: And I think we do need to celebrate that more. And yeah. I think we definitely, there's an evolution where we are. Mm-hmm. People are a lot more conscious of it. But there is still that naivety, you know, touching your child's hair oh. when they're at worse, or yeah. those backward comments that I'm sure don't mean to be offensive, no. but they are still offensive. Yeah. And it's interesting, Dan and I were joking the other day because in our circle of friends, we are the token white couple. You are. <laughs> We are literally yeah. both Australian, Yeah, you know, from a European background in terms of maybe, you know, a bit of English or Irish, mm-hmm. but we don't have that kind of culture. And mm-hmm. a lot of our friends are, you know, from Vietnam or China or mm-hmm. Indonesian. And so, you know, there's that mix and our baby is going to grow up with other babies mm-hmm. and he will be the token yeah. child. <laughs> so I, I don't think it's... I think it's actually something to embrace because, Mm -hmm. you know, how how lucky that she gets to experience that Italian family culture and and those experiences from Zimbabwe whilst living in, you know, a somewhat privileged life in Australia.
1: Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing for me is I know that there will come a day where she will want – because his family's not here. um, And I'm really, again, super lucky to have my sister-in-law when she does come up. It's so funny because they – Frankie absolutely adores her like worships the ground she walks on. Mm-hmm. And I'm all I'm also aware that there's going to be conversations that are going to take place that I I'm not going to be a part of and that's okay yeah. because that's her connecting with her own her identity as an African Australian, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's going to she's going to there's going to come a time where she's going to be and it's already starting now really that she's going to be curious about her Zimbabwean identity and she's probably, you know, we're probably gonna have to do a trip sometime soon, so that she can experience that, you know. Mm. And you know, with her grandmother and her, you know, you know, cousins and whatnot. And I think that's beautiful. But I'm also aware that, as a white mum of a biracial child, you can't. There's certain things that you do need that village, you know. Yeah. I can't have those conversations because I'm not a wom- a woman of color living in Australia. I can only draw from my experiences as an immigrant as a, and as a non-native English speaker, but that's not, you know, uh, that might not be what I've come to terms with. There's going to be certain things that I'm just not going to be able to be of
0: any use? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like okay. me being the token yeah, token, token white one. <laughs> you know, I don't. I can help you with a Lamington. Yeah, that's, that's about <laughs> the extent of it. But I think Aww. I think being conscious of that and knowing it yeah. is is huge when it yeah. comes to your children. And even being aware and opening yourself up to embrace other cultures, mm-hmm. like that's that's something that makes a huge difference on children as well. And like we touched on before, kids can be assholes, oh. but you know, it doesn't always come from a bad place. It comes from ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's coming from a bad place, it's probably coming from the parents just yeah. to be a bit ruthless there. But I think we all need to sort of embrace different cultures and be aware that this is what the world we live in. Yeah. You know, nobody's just token australian or token italian there's always mm. some kind of element of something else in there well i think that
1: i think he hit the nail on the head there and i think it is ignorance but i feel like it's now 2020 we've got google you know we've got people we've mm. got like there's really no excuse for ignorance anymore yeah you know? so i think that's the thing now it's almost like you just have to you really do just have to um nip it in the bud and just not stand for any of that crap. And I think for a long time, especially in Australia, with that, that um, Aussie humour and that, you know, taking the piss and whatnot, um, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's it's very much relaxed us in a sense of it's okay to say certain things and mm, it's okay to yeah. do certain things and, yeah, it's really not. But I think also now um, it's funny because it's it's either from one extreme to the other. You have those parents that go, oh, I don't see colour. And it's like, no, like, you should. It's great. Like, yeah. You want to see things in colour. Yeah. You want to be able to really embrace every part of, you know, Australian culture, our immigrants, our, you know, our First Nations people, our refugees, all of that. You want to be able to see it and embrace it. And... Mm you know um celebrate it. So I think um I think it's getting better, but I think a lot of people are still scared to have those kind of conversations in um in order to kind of stop themselves from offending anyone. So yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think it's just yeah, being aware and and just talking it out mm. without getting crazy.
0: <laughs> I mean, exactly. But yeah. well, I think you hit the nail on the head there because we are even in this episode you know, I'm conscious of what I'm saying mm-hmm. and how I'm wording things because some people do get very easily offend- offended and with good reason. You know, there might be experiences where they've had something horrible happen mm-hmm. to them, but it is just about, we, we need to talk about it more. Yeah. Because even in Australia, you know, we have Aboriginals who are a different colour to us. Mm-hmm. It's There's cultures within cultures. Yeah, exactly. So it's being aware of that as well. What would your advice be to anybody who's potentially in a biracial relationship Mm -hmm. or raising biracial children
1: uh my probably the top advice that i can give is find make sure your kids are around people that look like them and if it's not possible where you live um get on you know find your community um Mm -hmm. and i think that's been the other key thing is it's really amazing when you really seek out Friendships and relationships with people who are, you know, are in a similar relationship or have, you know, kids of the same cultural mix. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really mm. it, it. opens up so many opportunities, not just for your kids, but from your for the parents to learn, you know, certain things. So we, I, um, again, very lucky that the Zimbabwean community, everyone knows each other, and even here, like the Italian community, everyone knows each other. Um, so we've a- actually ended up making friends with people who, uh, I know like this other Italian girl, um, she married a Zimbabwean guy. So her kids are literally like the half Zimb- uh, you know, Zimbabwean Aww. and Italian, the same as mine. And yep. it's so cool because then you're like, you know, you set up play dates and you normalize what usually makes them stand out, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like mm-hmm. you just go, no, like, look, you know, so-and-so, Her mum is Zimbabwean and her dad's white or, you know, and so and so her mum's Korean and her dad's Australian, you know, just making it so that it's um, normal. Because I think Mm. it's very easy to kind of just sit back and go, oh, you know, my kids have the kids in the local community or my kids have friends, you know, at school. But um, again, Brisbane, very white, very easy to kind of be in your own little bubble and not seek out those relationships but also make them genuine don't just go out and be friends with people we need to be yeah yeah exactly we've got the same mix can we hang out Yeah. yeah i think and i think when you are in a um when you are in a relationship where there's two different cultures and you know those cultures um have their own you know community Make the most of it, you know, Mm. meet Mm. people, go to events, you know, and make sure you expose your kids to everything and and anything when it comes to, you know, the different cultures that make up Australia because I think it's – it it only leaves them richer.
0: Absolutely. You
1: know, and I think anything that leaves your kids richer is great. Yeah.
0: I couldn't agree more. I think we need to educate our kids more on different cultures so that they're not in those silos because Mm – Again, it's 2020. There's no excuse for ignorance.
1: Exactly, and I think the biggest thing as well as being like for me is, I don't want my kids to be shocked when they see someone that looks like them, Mm. or they or go, "Oh my gosh, that guy looks like dad," and it's like, no, it's normal. Yeah, (laughs) you know, it's totally normal, guys. You know, it should. The fact that it's shocking means that we maybe I'm not doing enough to expose you to you know a whole bunch of different people. Yeah, maybe we
0: live. In a very wide area. <laughs> I mean, you do. We do, but, yeah. but still, exactly. I, again, making sure that they're exposed to those different cultures is really important. Yeah, and I think it's important for any any child, you know, yeah. irrespective of their cultural background, we all need to be educated. Now, one of the things that I am really passionate about pushing culture aside mm-hmm. is being a mum. Yeah, um, and making sure that as a mum, it's not the only thing that defines you. Oh, preach. Yes. Yes, it's a huge thing for me, and I like to call it the me before mummy. And it's about reconnecting with that person that you were pre-children and finding a little bit of ways to carve out time for yourself. Mm -hmm. So what do you do, Julia, to reconnect with pre-kids, Julia? Oh, my goodness. Okay, I, my
1: beautiful, amazing, funny uh, husband and I love to just eat. Yes. So we love to just go out and... Her latest thing at the moment has been degustation, so we like to go out and check out new restaurants and do one of those like set mit, like you know, chef, yep. feed me kind Stunning. of things. Stunning, love that! Yeah, so you'll see it on my Instagram stories.
0: <laughs> you just just pedsied his wine, it's basically, like a... <laughs> it's basically
1: just I just like watching my husband get shit faced. That's that's how I reconnect with
0: my but me, you... oh my... <laughs> But you're doing it in a classy environment yes. and strategically matched with delicious food. So I feel like it's yeah. way more acceptable. I but they are both winning. So. <laughs> but that's kind of a little bit of both though, right? Like you're reconnecting with yourself because you're mm-hmm. getting to have a good time and then you're reconnecting with each other, which yeah. I think is really important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that plus also just watching really and getting really addicted to really bad, trashy reality TV. I oh, love that. Like it yeah. just doesn't get any better than that, does no. it? Maybe no. chuck in some pastries there and then that's it. Like I'm I'm fine. Like You're a happy girl. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take
0: much. Oh, oh, I love that though. I think we can all resonate with that. I'm yeah. D- oh yeah. I love reality TV though. I know. I can't get enough of it. And I always say that I'm not gonna get sucked in and then well, look, here we are, oh. emotionally invested. We're like
1: season seven of Ninety Day Fiance yeah. and like I'm stalking the people on Instagram, like trying to find out whether they're still together.
0: <laughs> On that note, um, well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the opportunity to open up about this because, again, it's a subject that a lot of people stay away from. And I think that's also part of the problem because we're too afraid to talk about it and talking about it is not making it taboo or, you know, putting people in awkward positions. It's just about being honest and being aware because... You know, if you don't have that culture, you possibly are in your own little silo, not realizing what things are like for other people.
1: Absolutely. And I think when you do talk about it, um, you know, you are opening yourself up to being accountable. So if I'm yep. not going to get everything right, I'm 100% aware of that. I've probably said some things in this podcast that probably not right or not appropriate or, you know, but that's the thing. It's opening up that dialogue and having someone you know go actually you know what this is not right or you know that's what makes you grow as a person and that Mm. gives you you can't have the opportunity to change and evolve if you're not communicating Mm. so i think yeah i definitely think it's um it's been awesome thank you so much for having me
0: oh thank you so much for joining me well i will put all of your details in the show notes so that everyone can follow along and we can also hear you on 96.5 yes when <laughs> 12 <laughs> from 12 till
1: three uh, all of this week and next week and then yeah i'll pop up every now and then but i'll, I'll let everyone know through my instagram when i'm on so
0: perfect yeah. thank you again so much for joining me thank you Now, I really hope that all of you got something out of that because I'll tell you, I certainly did. I think, as I mentioned earlier, it's one of those topics that we tend to steer away from because we're so concerned that we'll offend somebody or we'll use the wrong language or accidentally say something inappropriate. But the more we talk about it, the less taboo it's going to be. And I love that Julia was willing to open up about her own experience. A few things that I took away from the conversation is that... Firstly, and probably quite obviously, from her perspective or anybody who's from a different culture, being different can attract criticism and bullying. Unfortunately, regardless of how far we've come, it still occurs. So it's important to be conscious of the difference between cultures. From Julia's perspective, it was also something she had to be conscious of. And that's what happened when she started her relationship with her husband, is that They had a polar opposite way of dealing with emotions and neither was correct it was just something to be aware of. She also touched on the fact that it's easy to assume that everyone is the same because we tend to sit in our own little silos. Particularly when you come from a minority culture or community it's easy to restrict yourself to spending time with just the same type of people. She encourages us all to open up and open our eyes to new and different cultures, because there's a lot that we can learn from each other. She does, however, disappointingly, still experience those subtle elements of racism. When it comes to different cultures, we're still somewhat in that space where we can be inappropriate, so it's always important to be conscious of your actions, regardless of the intention. When it comes to children and having that biracial relationship, it's important, as Julia highlighted, to discuss the cultural differences, but to make sure you do it in a positive light. Also to make sure that we're celebrating their uniqueness. Julia believes it's crucial to have people around the children who look like them or who come from the same cultural background so that they're available for those questions when it's time to explore that culture more. Sometimes there's going to be questions that you as a parent just can't answer particularly in a biracial relationship so it's important to have that community and those connections around you and last but not least it's 2020. There is absolutely no excuse for ignorance and it's all about making sure we all do our own part into welcoming others into our own communities. If you would like to follow more of Julia's journey, you can find her over on Instagram at Julia Mawande, and I will pop her details in the show notes. Now on to you, my friend. I am going to give you a little bit of homework. If you have not done so already, I urge you to carve out a snippet of time to give back to yourself and the me before mummy. It can be a few minutes or a few hours, Just an opportunity to reconnect with that person that you were pre-children and give back to yourself. If you would like to share it with myself and other mamas, you can do so over on social media by using the hashtag TheMeBeforeMummy and tagging myself at MummyRepublic. But in the meantime, remember to take a breath, take some time for yourself and know that you're doing a damn good job. Thank you again so much for joining me. I cannot wait to share more stories with you. So if you haven't done so already, make sure that you click on that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. Thanks again, lots of love and I'll see you next week.